Chapter Ten of the Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, the Man Who Lost His Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashley M. The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, the Man Who Lost His Shadow, by Adelbert von Chamisso, translated by Frederick Henry Hedge. Chapter Ten. I fell in speechless adoration on my knees and shed tears of thankfulness, for suddenly stood my fortune clear before my soul. For early offence thrust out from the society of men, I was cast for compensation upon nature, which I ever loved. The earth was given me as a rich garden, study for the object and strength of my life, and science for its goal. It was no resolution which I adopted. I have since then, with severe, unremitted diligence, striven faithfully to represent what then stood clear and perfect before my eye, and my satisfaction has depended on the agreement of the demonstration with the original. I prepared without hesitation, with a hasty survey, to take possession of the field which I should hereafter reap. I stood on the heights of the bets, and the sun, which had risen upon me only a few hours before, now already stooped to the evening sky. I wandered over Asia from east to west, overtaking him in his course, and entering Africa. I gazed about me with eager curiosity, as I repeatedly traversed it in all directions. As I surveyed the ancient pyramids and temples in passing through Egypt, I descried in the desert, not far from hundred-gated Thebes, the caves where the Christian anchorites once dwelt. It was suddenly firm and clear in me. Here is thy home. I selected one of the most concealed, which was at the same time spacious, convenient, and inaccessible to the jackals, for my future abode, and again went forward. I passed at the pillars of Hercules over to Europe, and when I had reviewed the southern and northern provinces, I crossed from northern Asia over the polar glaciers to Greenland and America, traversed both parts of that continent, and the winter which already reigned in the south drove me speedily back northwards from Cape Horn. I tarried a while till it was day in eastern Asia, and after some repose continued my wandering. I traced through both Americas the mountain chain which comprehends the highest known inequalities on our globe. I stalked slowly and cautiously from summit to summit, now over flaming volcanoes, now snow-crowned peaks, often breathing with difficulty. When reaching Mount Elias, I sprang across Bering Strait to Asia. I followed the western shores in their manifold windings, and examined with especial care which of the islands there located were accessible to me. From the peninsula of Malacca my boots carried me to Sumatra, Java, Bali, and Lombok. I attempted, often with dangerous and always in vain, a northwest passage over the lesser islets and rocks with which this sea is studded to Borneo and the other islands of this archipelago. I was compelled to abandon the hope. At length I seated myself on the extremest part of Lambok, and, gazing towards the south and east, wept as, as the fast-closed grating of my prison, that I had so soon discovered my limits. New Holland, so extraordinary, and so essentially necessary to the comprehension of the earth and its sun-woven garments, of the vegetable and the animal world, with the South Sea and its zoophyte islands, was interdicted in me and thus, at the very outset, all that I should gather and build up was destined to remain a mere fragment. Oh, my Adelbert, what, after all, are the endeavors of men? 
often did i in the severest winter of the southern hemisphere endeavor passing the polar glaciers westward to leave behind me those two hundred strides out from cape horn which sundered me probably from van diemen's land and new holland regardless of my return or whether this dismal region should close upon me as my coffin lid making desperate leaps from ice drift to ice drift and bidding defiance to the cold and the sea in vain i never reached new holland but every time i came back to lambach seated myself on its extremest peak and wept again with my face turned towards the south and east as at the fast-closed bars of my prison i tore myself at length from this spot and returned with a sorrowful heart into inner asia i traversed that farther pursuing the morning dawn westward and came yet in the night to my proposed home in the Thebais, which i had touched upon in the afternoon of the day before as soon as i was somewhat rested and when it was day again in europe i made it my first care to procure everything which i wanted first of all stop shoes for i had experienced how inconvenient it was when i wished to examine near objects not to be able to slacken my stride except by pulling off my boots a pair of slippers drawn over them had completely the effect which i anticipated and later i always carried two pairs since i sometimes threw them from my feet without having time to pick them up again when lions men or hyenas startled me from my botanizing my very excellent watch was for the short duration of my passage a capital chronometer besides this i needed a sextant some scientific instruments and books to procure all this i made several anxious journeys to london and paris which auspiciously for me a mist just then overshadowed as the remains of my enchanted gold was now exhausted i easily accomplished the payments by gathering african ivory in which however i was obliged to select only the smallest husks as not too heavy for me i was soon furnished and equipped with all these and commenced immediately as private philosopher my new course of life i roamed about the earth now determining the altitudes of mountains now the temperature of its springs and the air now contemplating the animal now inquiring into the vegetable tribes i hastened from the equator to the pole from one world to the other comparing facts with facts the eggs of the african ostrich or the northern sea-fowl and fruits especially of the tropical palms and bananas were even my ordinary food in lieu of happiness i had tobacco and of human society and the ties of love one faithful poodle which guarded my cave in the Thebais, and, when I returned home with fresh treasures, sprang joyfully towards me, and gave me still a human feeling that I was not alone on the earth. An adventure was yet destined to conduct me back amongst mankind. End of chapter 10 Recording by Ashley M.